Oh, I got a teaching today. We got to get into this. We're going to fly. This is going to go twice as fast because of these extra surprises that we've had today. So if you'll bow your head with me, I'd like to move and go to the go to scripture together. Holy Father, thank you. The Lord of the past, the Lord of the present, the Lord of the future. There is never a time when you are not Lord. And we take this moment to praise you for being Lord of the Church of the Pioneers. This church is in honor of the men and women, the young adults who decades before us went forth with the holy fire of the Lord Jesus Christ. In their memory, this church has been built up on this global university campus. We are not worthy of this calling. We are not worthy to be inheritors of these, our spiritual fathers and mothers. But dear God, we stand today in the third millennium. The journey goes on. How can you set this journey ablaze within us? Can you set us? Can you set our hearts to singing? The teaching that Jesus brings today, please let it be clear for us as we hasten on into the adventure that awaits us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If we had a church sign, okay, church sign in front of the church, right out here. By the way, about 18, 19 years ago, we talked about it. We set a Joe Engelmeyer set up a little study group. We tried to figure out how we could get it. You know the signs where you can change the sermon titles on them and, uh, and messages? I don't know. I guess we couldn't find union property or university property. I don't know what it was. We just couldn't get a sign built. But if we had a sign out front today, I know the six words that would be on that sign. Four words in the Greek, six words in the English. Because you know what? I've learned. I love, I love watching church signs. They are the dispensers. They, churches have, small churches particularly, have a knack of dispensing down-home, country, earthy philosophy and wisdom. And a lot of times, it is right on. I remember there was a little church perched on the edge of the forest near the first church Karen and I had when we left the seminary. It was Fall Creek, Oregon. And there's a church down the road. And I'll never forget this sign as long as I live. I drove by one day and they had the movable uh, letter sign. A self-made man is a perfect example of unskilled labor. Uh, you know, that is, that is absolutely true. I mean, that's the, that's the reality of life. Always trying to make ourselves into something. You can't do it. It's, un, it's, it's unskilled labor. I love church signs. Did you, did you see this church sign? The worst thing about growing old is having to listen to a lot of advice from your children. You, know, you have to be old to know that one. But I'm thinking of my poor mother who has really, just this, I, I think of all the times I call her, I bug her on the phone, I'm always giving her advice. So she went to Switzerland where she is right now. <laughs> I want to talk about our small groups. Let me put this church sign. This is a church sign. True. A friend is one who can put a finger on our faults without rubbing it in. And I thought, you know, that, that is what true friendship is. You know, if you could be a part of a small group, a group of people just like you that you would meet with every week or every two weeks. And you develop a trust. You just develop a sense of safety. I'm blessed to have some friends like that. You know, and they, they just deal with the faults, just put the finger, but they don't rub it in. Ah. But the sign, if, if we had a church sign today, six words, the Gospel of St. Matthew, would you, I want to fly through this with you, please. Matthew, the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 10. If we had a church sign today, Matthew chapter 10, these words surely, I brooded over these words, you know, here we are, these words, in fact, these six are going to be the grist of this spring to summer mini-series that we're beginning today. 
I have pondered them and I am persuaded that if we took these words to heart, I believe that they could unlock for us the most fulfilled, joy-filled kind of living that is possible to live on earth. I want to give these six words. Take them home. You brood over them. Chew them over. Matthew, the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 10. There's something deep here. Now, the story behind this in Matthew 10 is that Jesus has been praying all night. He's gone off to a forest glen in the, in the shadows of that, uh, that hillside retreat. Christ has spent the entire night in prayer. I've been fortunate to have some friends who do that. I don't know if you've ever spent a, a whole night in prayer. But Jesus, on several occasions... The entire night devoted to prayer. And I'm thankful for the balance of a little book called Desire of Ages that comes along and says, listen, you don't have to do it. You don't have to pray all night. God hears you. But there, are, I guess there are times when the soul is so drawn out as Christ was that night. And he prayed, oh God, tomorrow I'm setting up my leadership ministry team. And I've got to pick the right ones for this team. Please anoint them. Please appoint them for me. And sure enough, in the early morning when the purple streaks that eastern horizon, Jesus comes tiptoeing out of that forested glen. And the Bible says a crowd has already gathered. And right here in Matthew 10, what would this moment be like? Jesus steps into the crowd and He begins to pick His leadership team. You have it here in verse 2. He looks and He says, hey, your name's Peter. And by the way, notice how Matthew shows that they're all coupled. Jesus puts them together with someone they'll be in partnership with. Hey, Peter, I'll take you and your brother Andrew. Come. And He says, hey, James, you and John Boy, your kid brother, you guys come here. I want you in this circle. He said, what's, what's the next one? Philip, Philip, I'll take you and Bartholomew. That's Nathaniel, the one without any God. I'll take you two because they were friends. Small groups, are, they work on the basis of friendship and relationship. I'll take you, Thomas, and Matthew. Thomas, the doubter, the skeptic, and Matthew, the, the tax collecting cheat. I'll take you both. And I'll take you, James, or is it James, Alpheus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, you red-hearted guy. I'm going to put you with a cool-minded MBA. You and Judas, you come into this group. No sooner does Jesus appoint and anoint his inner circle of leaders than he immediately sends them. He says, you guys go. Go now. And with these words, verse 7. This is the New International Version. Verse 7. And as you go, these are Jesus' instructions. Now, we're looking for six words. Six words that we can live by. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. King James says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That has always been the message. Whenever Christ sends a community of faith out, that's always been the message. The kingdom of heaven is almost here. And I don't know all of our forefathers and foremothers here at Pioneer, but I tell you what, they had the prescience to choose as the highest stained glass window in this entire church a picture that tells the truth, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is near. That's the message. Every time Christ calls a man, that, he says, take that message, will you? Woman, take that message. Now he's not through. Verse 8. He says, oh, by the way, as you go, we're looking for six words. Heal the sick. That's three. Raise the dead. Could that be it? Nope. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. And here they come. They ought to be on a church sign. Tell you what, they ought to be written across our hearts. Six words in the English. Freely. Read them out loud with me. Freely you have received. Freely give. Live by that, Jesus says, and you will live the most rewarded life that is possible to live in this existence. Freely you have received, freely give. And where does Jesus begin? He begins by freely you have received. Receive what? From whom? 
I got to thinking the other day and I sat down with my Bible and, and the concordance. And I said, okay, what has God given me that's free? I want to know. So I went to the concordance. I went to the Bible. I began assembling a list. Finally, when I was through, I said, wow, I've decided to title this list God's Glorious Freebies. You know what a freebie is? It's an American. I said, freebie to clever. He says, you know those things you throw out in the park? No, that's a frisbee. Freebie is just an American way of saying the little things that are, you, you get for free. I, want, I wanted to be sure we wouldn't hurry out of here today without getting that list. And so in the bulletin, would you pull it out, please? There's a study guide. Let's just fill the study guide when it's through. Let's go. Seven glorious freebies from God. Would you find it in your bulletin? I suppose an usher may come by and uh, offer you one. But let's, I need to fly. Let's just go. Seven glorious freebies. Number one, glorious freebie number one. Would you write it in, please? Physical life. Physical life. And we're not going to have study guys, by the way, for this miniseries every time. But this list is too overwhelming. You've got to have it. Wait till you go home with it. Physical life. Take a look at Acts 17, 28. For in God we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. We, everything we have, the spark of life, it all comes from God. You know what? Every, heart, every beat of your heart right now, every breath you take is a gift from God. No charge. Say, did you hear this? Yesterday in the news, they came out. Just yesterday. They've come out with a new BP, a new blood pressure level for normal. Did you hear that? We used, to, we used to think it was 120 over 8. Remember that? They said, now that's hypertension. That's too high. You have to drop it down even lower now for optimum health. But you know, you think about it. Do you have a BP right now? Hallelujah. At least we have blood pressure. We're alive. Anybody charge you for that? They don't tax the air we breathe. Nobody charges you for every time that heart pumps. No, no charge. Physical life. Glorious freebie number two. Would you write it in, please? Eternal life. Oh, my. This is, this, is, this is the best of them all. And it's number two. Physical life, eternal life. Take a look at these texts. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. Whoever is thirsty, let her come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift. Of the water of life. Eternal life is free. Put another one up. Second Corinthians 11 verse 7. Was it a sin for me, Paul says as he writes to the church, to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? Clever, you know, the, the, uh, the Brazilian. He says in Portuguese, gratias. Gratias means free of charge. That's what grace. Gratias. Free of charge. The gospel. Salvation. Gratias. Free of charge. Oh, there's another text here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Wow! Take a look at this one. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified. Saved how? Freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And then I love this one. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come. This is God speaking to you and me. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come. Look at Come and buy. What is up with that? You have no money, come and buy. This is a trick. That's what God's, that's the point God's making. You who have no money, come and buy and eat, come and buy wine and milk without money and without costs. I know you don't have a penny. I'm not gonna charge you a penny. You just come bankrupt as you are spiritually and I will give you eternal life. Wow, the glorious freebie. No charge. By the way, not even when God uses, get this, not even when God uses 
a cell phone. I could not believe this story. Don Schneider, you know Don Schneider? Of course you do. He was just here last Sabbath, the president of our North American division. In March, he sent, her, he sent out this story. I got it on the email. Listen to this story. A lady was attending the meetings conducted by Bob Costa. Okay, that's an evangelist down in Florida. Preacher. Her husband was not at all interested in the meetings and would not attend. One evening, as the lady sat down in the auditorium, she accidentally bumped her cell phone. And you know how these cell phones do. She automatically called home. Her husband picks up the phone. Hello, hello. She won't answer. She doesn't know what's on. Hello, hello. The phone stays on the whole time and he listens to the entire lecture that night. She comes home. He has all kinds of questions. She said, why don't you come with me tomorrow night? He came and he is now a baptized Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Whoa. Free. God didn't even have to pay airtime. How does God get out of that? I don't know. But he didn't pay airtime on that one. No charge. Whoa, write that down. Glorious freebie number two, eternal life. Glorious freebie number three, freebie number three, peace of mind. Oh, you can't, you can't buy peace. John 14, verse 27, Jesus speaking on the eve of his death. Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Here's another church sign. This is great. Put it on the screen because I can't remember it. There's no softer pillow than a clear conscience. Isn't that true? When you can go to bed and your conscience is clear, you sleep well. There's no softer pillow. Jesus says, hey, I can give you peace because I have forgiveness for you. I wash away all your sins. You don't have to go to bed at night ever feeling guilty about the past. Ask me for my cleansing and I will forgive you. Oh, my. No charge, by the way. Gratis. Free. Okay, number four. Peace of mind is number three. Number four, glorious freebie, number four, promise of heaven. Write it in, heaven. Oh my, what a promise that has kept us hoping and hoping and hoping. Let's put that text up, Second Peter 3, verse 13. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to promise a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. God's righteousness, by the way, not yours and mine. But we get to go to that home. In my Father's house are many mansions. You will go. You will go. You see, that's the hope that has kept us as people hanging on. That's the hope that keeps mice swimming. Were you here last Sabbath? Oh, my. I, I had to be in Trinidad last Sabbath. But Roscoe Howard, a friend of mine, preached a sermon here. And do you remember the staff at worship on Monday? They're all telling this story about the mice. You remember that? They put a mouse in a big, big, did you hear it? They put a mouse in a big kettle. And within one hour, that mouse drowned. Started to drown. And so he's going down. They pulled a mouse out. They put him in mouse heaven with palm trees and carrots and little, little uh, swings. A mouse can't believe it when he comes resuscitated. They then later put him in the same tank of water. And do you know what? They timed how long he would swim. He now swam for 36 hours because he had hope. Somebody is going to put me in mouse heaven again. I'm hanging on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why God gives the glorious freebie. What number is it? Number four, the promise of heaven, so that you won't let go. Sometimes we're tempted to just let go. My life, my, my, my life is a mess. My wife has left me. My children, I, I, my, my career is over. I can't hang on. It's in moments like that God comes along and says, don't you let go. This isn't it. This isn't all. I have heaven for you. Keep 
dog paddling. I will swim beside you and I will save you in the end. Oh, wow. It's the hope. And no charge, by the way. No charge to go to heaven. Glorious freebie. Number five, provisions and possessions. Ah, put that down. Possessions. Ecclesiastes 5.19, Moreover, when God gives any man or woman wealth and possessions and enables him or her to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. Hallelujah. Say, oh, Dwight, I don't have any wealth. Do you know how poor and impoverished I am? I do. But guess what? Last Sabbath, I was in Port-au-Prince, Trinidad, a Caribbean Union College for their graduation. Missed the plane, by the way, in Miami by five minutes and had to spend 24 hours in Miami because the planes only go at night. Sat in a hotel for 24 hours. So I only had one day in Trinidad. It was Sabbath. Got in Friday night and Sabbath. They took me around after the graduation. They took me around and I saw these corrugated shacks carved into the hillside. Don't you tell me you don't have a life of wealth where you're living right now. That's all from God. By the way, no charge. No charge. You're not get a bill for it. All your possessions, all your provisions. All right, let's go on to number six. Oh, I love this one. Holy Spirit. You knew that one was coming, didn't you? No charge for the, um, the most omnipotent of the omnipotent. The one who says, I'll come into your body temple. Look at this. Uh, Luke 11:13. If you then, Jesus says, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Gifts are free, by the way. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Just ask. That's a freebie. No charge. But He only gives it if you ask. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You ask. Glorious freebie number six. But the best is number seven. Look at this one. Glorious freebie number seven. All things. He's given you everything. You say, oh, he has not. Yes, he has. Romans 8:32. Take a look at this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? Everything you have is free. You didn't pay a penny for it. God gave that to you. No charge. Everything, your health, everything you have, all things. And if there's something you're lacking right now, my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. If you're, la- if you're lacking right now, ask Him. Ask Him. What a God. And you know what? The cross of Christ is where God broke the bank of heaven. It's Jesus' death at Calvary. It's the cross stamped on all seven glorious freebies. Desire of Ages, page 660, to the death of Christ. We owe even this earthly life. The cross of Calvary is stamped on every loaf. It is reflected in every water spring. No charge. I've paid it in full. Which, by the way, is why Jesus is so bold to take this freely you have received and turn it into a quid pro quo. You remember that? Quid pro quo. We talked about that last semester. This for that in Latin. This for that. Okay. If I give you this freely you have received, here comes the quid pro quo. Freely what? Freely what? Say it with me, people. Freely you have received. Freely give. Give. You know what Jesus is saying? I want you to be just like God. No charge. Everything you have. I want you to be just like God. And when you have the opportunity, you give. No charge. No charge. I want you to just give and give and give and give and give. Hey, you know why? You know why this is so? Because you and I have been wired 
All of creation has been wired to give. Did you know that? Hey, come on. How many took biology in high school? Anybody? Oh, good. You know this is true then? Isn't this true? I, don't, this, I have to go way back. Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. Don't green plants have chlorophyll in them? What does chlorophyll do? It takes. It receives. What does it receive? Carbon dioxide. Then what does it do? It puts out oxygen. All of creation takes, receives in order to give. There's one place it does not receive in order to give, and that's why it's called dead. It's a dead sea. Take a look at this. We'll put a map up there. It's in the back of your Bible, but look on the screen here. You see Galilee up there at the top? I had the joy of being sailing across Galilee four years ago. Look at that. Galilee lies at the feet of Mount Hermon. Winter melted waters refresh Galilee, but Galilee receives in order to give. And because it does, it pours water into what becomes the Jordan River. And you follow it all the way down. See that different color? The Jordan River just soaks the land and it is verdant with foliage. And the Jordan River says, okay, we're going to give to you, see. But the Dead Sea says, I'm not giving a thing. And the Dead Sea keeps. And it is stagnant, it is salty, and it is dead. Because we were all created to receive and then to give. Freely you have received, freely give. Some of you are saying, look, Dwight, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? Okay, try this. Why don't you give yourself? Give yourself in service to others. We just had the joy this morning of voting in, count them, 667 men, women, young adults and teenagers and some children who have said, yep, for the next two years, I will serve others. 667 of you. Now, I didn't hear the numbers till this morning when Esther told me 1,354 phone calls were made. You know what that means, of course, don't you? Some people said, no, thank you. Polite, but no. Jesus says, give, give. I, f- I came across this book. A freshman co-ed here at Andrews University in January. I'm coming back through O'Hare Airport and this little freshman girl comes running up to me. She says, oh, Pastor Dwight, have you read this book? And she holds the book up to me. I said, no, but you know, I just came from a meeting where my colleagues were all raving about this book. Oh, she says, you have got to read this book. As soon as I got home, I went out and bought the book. Karen and I have read it through together. Karen's now reading it for the second time. Title, uh, author of the book, Rick Warren. Rick Warren, title of the book, The Purpose Driven Life. What on earth am I here for? Some of you struggling right now to get a handle on where you're going? Read the book. That man is a Holy Spirit gifted teacher. He has ministered to my soul. Anyway, in that book, The Five Great Purposes for Your Life. In this book, these words, I'll put them up on the screen for you. For Christians, speaking of service... Service is not optional, something to be tacked onto our schedules if we can spare the time. No, no, no. It's the heart of the Christian life. Read it on the screen there. Jesus came to serve and to give. And those two verbs should define your life on earth. We grow up in order to give out. It's not enough to keep learning more and more. Good counsel for an academic community. The last thing many believers need today is to go to another Bible study. Quit studying. What they need are serving experiences in which they can exercise their spiritual muscles. Most of the time, we're more interested in serve us rather than serve is. 
Ooh, we say, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me. Not, I'm looking for a place to serve and be a blessing. We expect others to serve us, but not vice versa. But he concludes, as we mature in Christ, the focus of our lives should increasingly shift to living a life of service. End quote. Come on, that was Jesus' point. Freely you have received, freely give. Give what? Give yourself. Give in service. Give your talents. Give your influence. Give your leadership. Oh yeah, of course. Give your treasure. Give your money. Of course. Freely you have received. Freely give. Give to those in need. You know why? Let me wrap this up here. You know why? Because you will never, you will never be happier than when you give. promise you. I'm going to tell you a story that happened this morning. It happened this morning. It just touches my heart. First service doesn't even know about it. But I promise these kids that if they, <laughs> if they would memorize the Ten Commandments. I did a children's story four weeks ago. Five weeks ago, I guess now. I said, if you will memorize the Ten Commandments. And it was a story about a, a fellow named George uh, Kelly down in Nashville. A Presbyterian retired florist who said, I'm going to pay American kids ten bucks for memorizing the Ten Commandments. You write me from anywhere in the country, you get an adult to sign it, I'll pay you ten bucks. So I used that as a children's story. And I was feeling rather, I don't know what happened to me, but I was feeling rather magnanimous that morning. And I said, boys and girls, you know what? I will double that. Twenty. Two dollars per commandment. Oh, you will? You... Yes. In fact, I'm going to do it next Sabbath. Next Sabbath, you come in, if you can memorize it, if you can repeat to me the, the Ten Commandments, 20 bucks, just like that. Wow. Right after the service. Because next Sabbath was International Student Sabbath. I had not consulted with Dr. Knockley. Why you can't do that? We're not having a children's story. What have you done? I said, oh, Nak- don't, Najib, I, I, come on, I'll, I'll take care of it. So the next week, International Student Sabbath, I was speaking for it, and I said, by the way, boys and girls, I have to be in England two Sabbaths and then Trinidad. Four weeks from now, four weeks, we'll have it. Okay? That's it. I came this morning. I told Sherry maybe five to eight. Five to eight. They emptied out $600 from the church checking account just to be safe. We had little slips prepared. Gave the slips out. I don't know how many I gave out. But I can tell you this, because they had to take the slip to a standing grandmother or grandfather in the audience and repeat it by memory. Twenty came back signed. The child memorized it perfectly. Twenty times twenty is four hundred bucks. Well, where am I going to get that? So we handed the twenty dollar bills out. I want to tell you something. A man was sitting here. A man was sitting here. This isn't the story yet, by the way. A man was sitting here, and he turned in a check. I got it right right after church. Richard, our treasurer, brought it in. He wrote out a check on the spot for $400. Just said, hey, I got these kids covered. Whoa. Thank God. Freely he received, freely he gave. (laughs) What are you laughing at? That's exactly what he did. And I thank the Lord for him. But that's not the story, and I am truly very grateful because it's a name I don't recognize. I am truly very grateful to that gentleman on the spot. He's got seven glorious freebies in his life. What's the $400 to him? He gave to make sure the kids wouldn't bankrupt the church. (laughs) But the story I want to tell you 
is after the service was over and I'm in the hallway greeting saints, a mother and her little girl come up to me. I happen to know this little girl, Christiana. And mother said, Christiana, tell him. So she looked up to me and she said, and she said, Pastor Dwight, she said, I memorized the Ten Commandments. And mother said, that's true. We practiced last night. She got up this morning. She had it perfect at home and she did it here. I said, Christiana, bless you. She said, yeah. She said, I got my $20 because I memorized the Ten Commandments. This girl must be seven or eight or maybe nine. I memorized it and I got my $20. But she said, Pastor Dwight, I put it in a tithe envelope. Would you give this to the poor who need money? My eye just kind of went, whoa. What happened? What, 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 what did this little girl do? Freely she received. And she just turned right around. And she gave out of what God had given her. You know what? That little girl's story is going to be told wherever this story is told. And people will say, you know what? If a little nine-year-old girl can get $20 that she never had in her life and turn around in a moment of Holy Spirit impulse and say, I want to give it to the poor, then maybe I can also share what I have. The glorious freebies that God has given me. Christiana Nace. May your tribe increase. I have a feeling... That she's gonna, somebody's gonna say, would you please send this to that little girl? I have a feeling. That's the way. Because you know what? Jesus quid pro quo. It really can be reversed. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus can turn it around. Freely you have given, freely will you receive. It really does work that way. I could line up testimonies right here of people who've gone out on the limb for God and God has come through over and over and over again. That little girl is going to find out the, the reverse of the quid pro quo works too. You're going to receive again because you gave, sister. You're going to receive. That's just the way it is. You know, that's why God comes to us with the tithe. Have you ever heard of tithe? Ten percent. He said, look, I've given you seven glorious freebies. All things are yours. I no charge, free of charge, no charge, no charge. By the way, if you would like me to be your CFO, your chief financial officer, ask me. I will manage your accounts for the rest of your life. I want ten percent of what I gave you. It's all mine. Seven glorious freebies. All are mine. I could ask for all seven back. No, 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 no. I don't even need the ten percent to tell you the truth. But I'm asking you to prove that you want me. You give me 10%. I will take care of you for the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Wow, Ma you know, I'm reading the New International Version now. Take a look at Malachi 3.10 from the New International Version. I love this. Bring the whole tithe. You know, that's, that's the whole tithe. Some people have a tithe light. You know, 8%, less filling, 9%. But this is, this is the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And now God says, look, I'm testing you, but you test me. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for any of it. I'll take care of you. I'm the God who gave you all seven freebies. Don't you think I can take care of you? I'll take care of you. Give me 10%. It's mine anyway. I want it. Please. I'll take care of you. Promise. Calvary's nail-scarred hand is raised. I promise to take care of you for the rest of your life. Freely you have given. 
freely you will receive. Line one, tithe. Line two, pioneer. Line three, Ruth Murdoch and Andrews Academy. Right here. You give freely, you will get it back. I promise. You won't even have room. Hallelujah. You see, ladies and gentlemen, no matter where you start this circuitry of charity, no matter where you start this, it's always give. God giving, you giving, doesn't matter. It's always give. It begins and ends with giving. Freely you have received. Freely give. I want to end with another church sign in front of an old country church. It's called the measure of a man. Take a look at this. The measure of a man. Not how did he die, but how did he live? Not what did he gain, but what did he give? The next time you're not sure, just look at Calvary. Let us stand as we pray. Oh God, not how did he die, but how did he live? Not what did she gain, but what did she give? If we're not sure what to do, Holy Father, please direct our attention to the cross of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And may our lives be set free. Freely we have received. Let us go forth across the face of this earth to now freely give. In the name of Him who gave all for us. Let all the people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you.